Definitely just the 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 love of your youth. And I value that so much in my marriage. I do just like, man, I've seen this dude grow from teenager to to now. How how do you feel? <laughs> Is it surreal well, to you still? Well, it's so our story goes back even further. So like this is what's funny. Most people can't believe this, but like I was born loving my wife. Like I can't like there's no there's no memory in my head where she doesn't exist and I mm -hmm. didn't love her completely. Okay. I mean, literally at like two, three years old, my dad would use her name like to get me to sit still for my haircut. Like, hey man, you keep I love moving. That. You keep moving. It's, I'm going to mess up. Rita going to see. You know, that type of deal. And that got knew. you together, didn't it? Yeah. You know, my sisters knew. And they would, like, make fun of me around the house. Like, oh, you know, Rita going to be there and all this other stuff. It's like, she just, I don't know when it happened. Like, you know, obviously you can't remember being one or two years old that well. I got some really early memories of, you know, being, being young. Like, I remember, like, turning four. Uh, and me and Mankin being three at the same time, and I'm not understanding how that worked. Yeah. <laughs> like, I remember that type of stuff, but I, I can never remember not, like, thinking she was, like, the most beautiful woman in the world, that I loved her, and, like, just one, like, before, you know, because when you're kids, you don't even know what wanting somebody is, or, you know, yeah. I just loved her. I remember we went to Gatlinburg, and we were, like, four years old, or three, four years old, and we all paired off in the kiddie pool. And I thought it was the craziest. Like, I was super nervous. It was a little boy. You know what I mean? Like, my son wow. is two and a half down there. Right. So, um, you know, we finally, you know, and then, you know, we had this thing. We were six, seven years old. We go to the skating rink. And she would come and hold my hands and teach me how to skate backwards. She say, "You take your legs out, bring them in, and I'm holding her hands. I ain't get, I, to this day. I struggle with skating back. I don't know what she was talking about. <laughs> I just knew I got to hold her hand until the Come song. Come on, yeah, we seven, eight right. years old. And meanwhile, the little boy tried to hold my daughter's hand and skate. She's seven right now. I'm gonna be like, hey, hey, where your mama now? <laughs> it's so different, ain't it? It's, it's so different. different. It's different. But I, I will say this: I have a, I have a." one of my best he's like my best friend I only got two people that I really call my best friend outside of family and he's a you know he's a pastor and uh, me and him met in college and him and his wife both were like pure when they got married he's a mm -hmm. you know he's a pastor he had all boys got four boys and you know his oldest boy is, is 10 and then the second boy is is nine and then his third boy is six and okay. so, and then his, and then his last boy is is a newborn, like well, not newborn. He's like one, two years old. And so, I told, I got two girls. So you just tell me which two of your boys. We're gonna figure this that's, out. That's what Christian households breed. They breed, mm -hmm. you know, Christian men, especially if you're raised right. They breed Christian men that make decisions based on Christian values. And that's all you can you know, hope for, for for your daughters, right? My daughters, I want them to be with someone that's going to value them the way I value my wife. 
that's going to respect them the way I respect my wife. And the most important thing, the most important thing for a man, to me, for a man and woman is to give a woman space to be. Right? Mm -hmm. Because my wife, I try to give her as much space as I can to be what she needs to be every day. Right? If If you need to be upset today, I need to be able to give you enough space to be that. I need to mm-hmm. give you the platform to be frustrated. I need to give you the platform to be heard or whatever. And you know, you don't always do the greatest job of that, but there's so many guys that take alternate routes when dealing with a woman's frustrations mm-hmm. or one where they yes. decide to put their hands on or they decide to step outside the marriage or they decide mm-hmm. to turn to some type of vice and that doesn't do anything but bring heartbreak for your child. Like that would bring heartbreak for my Addy or for my Ashton if they married mm-hmm. somebody that decided to put their hands on or decided yes. to step outside the marriage. So that's the that space part, that's the most important because that protects her heart. Because the minute like you, yeah, the minute you're not willing to give space, now you're in a in a what I call relationship chicken. Right, you mm-hmm. start drawing them lines in the sand. You ain't gonna talk to me like that. Well, what does she do? Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> like that's the guy's favorite go-to. You ain't gonna say you ain't gonna talk to me any kind. Okay, well, if she does, then what's your mm-hmm. move? Exactly. Because, because at that point, you just painted yourself into a corner. Right. If mm-hmm. she don't, then what? Are you yeah. gonna put your hands on her? You gonna call her out of her name? You gonna leave? Right. Mm-hmm. Either one of those are not good options. Yeah. You know, so that, yeah, I, I know I went into something a little deeper, but that's. But you no, know, for- that was still good. Hey, hey, it's your faith and family group hostess, Sienna Coates. I want to thank you for tuning into our podcast. I hope that it's been encouraging, enriching you in your faith, and maybe even a little entertaining. Listen, if you have any questions that you want to ask me or want to have a conversation with me here on this platform, go ahead and send me an email at faithfamilypodcast at yahoo.com. Also, Make sure to follow us here on Anchor or wherever you listen to your podcast at Faith and Family Group. By the same name, you can also follow us on all of our socials, YouTube, IG, and Facebook. Again, the name is Faith and Family Group. Let's hop back into this combo. But for my, you know, for my kids, I just want, you know, I try to be, you know, because karma, you know, the Bible says, you know, be not deceived whatsoever man mm-hmm. so that shall he also reap. The world Absolutely. calls it karma. The reality is, you know, you can get back a hundredfold whatever you put out. So, like the Bible said, you sow the wind, you reap the whirlwind. And everybody think of that. Yeah, everybody think of that in, in a bad light, right? You 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 blow out your lips, and then a tornado coming your way. But it can be money, right? You can give ten, you know, and then get double back. But like my granddad yeah. say, you give ten, you ain't gonna see that twenty come back. You're going to be come sitting on. there wondering where it is. You got to give something big to see something big come back. But it's the same I concept. I try yes. to treat my wife in the manner that I would be okay with a, mm-hmm. with a guy coming along and treating my daughters. Anything that I've done in my marriage towards my wife, I would have to be okay with uh, uh, somebody else doing to my wife. I mean, to my mm-hmm. daughters. Daughter, right? yeah. 
And, you know, and I'm comfortable with that statement because, you know, it, like I said, it's not easy, but I've done the work and I, there's nothing mm-hmm. that I've done to, to toward uh, my wife that I would be ashamed to, you know, to talk about or anything like that. So here's, here's praying that, you know, Gordon stop. Yeah, I ha- is being recorded. I have stopped it because uh, the internet did something funny. But uh, just what you were saying with uh, just being that 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 kind of man towards your wife, being that husband towards your wife is a model for your sons and for your daughters. Like I love that. Um, and just the expectation, they're automatically just because they're groomed, watching daddy love mommy, watching dad respect uh, mom and watching mom respect dad and love dad. Like that's a grooming that they're going to, that's an expectation that they're automatically going to have. Like, and my prayer is like, man, don't settle for nothing less than what you see outside of this household. Actually, you know, raise it, you know, desire even more. So one thing that I love about that is my my husband is very intentional about how he treats me, how he kisses on me, how he holds my hand and kisses my hand, and not just in front of my kids. It's you know for me too, but he's like, babe, I really do this, and I, I enjoy being free with you like this in front of them because one, I never had it, and two, I don't want my daughter to feel like she needs to settle for any less treatment. And I'm like, you know, that that wows me every time because both he and I didn't have. And I thought about this last night, too, just just kind of playing in my head today's conversation. And I was like, man, I didn't have a consistent father in my life and neither did my husband. So I'm like, God, you did this like you're my husband is literally a walking miracle of the of the husband that he is, of the father that he is. And I like live through my children just watching him love on them. My kids are big. Listen, they huge. <laughs> and he will kiss on them and hug them and love them. He doesn't go a day without expressing his love to them because he never had it. And that that can come from no other place but from God. It's like, man, you you get some people who have the similar circumstances without a consistent father in the household and they follow in the same tracks or act out in certain ways. Oh, God, and, thank you. What did, what did I do to deserve, you know, just to see that and, and to see my children have that blessing of a consistent father and it's just like, man, that that's chain breaking for, for us and for he, even his family. It's like chain breaking because he didn't have it. And he's like, ain't no way my kids are not going to have their dad in, in their lives. There's no way that my sons won't be taught by me. My sons are going to see me cry. My sons are going to see me worship. My sons are going to see me with my face in this Bible. My sons are going to hear me pray. I'm going to pray over my sons like he 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 goes hard as a father and as a husband because of what we didn't have. And I'm just like, man, that sucks that that's the catalyst, but next generations, they're they're not going to have an excuse. (laughs) They're not going to have that excuse. I I always say it has to start somewhere, right? Mm -hmm. So if you look at my family, I don't know how much you know about my grandfather, but 
yeah, my grandfather comes from a similar situation, right? His his father was a womanizer that would okay. work and, and take his money and go spend it on, you know, women and gambling and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So he was forced because, you know, he got tired of moving around a lot because his father wasn't paying bills and stuff. Mm-hmm. He would go spend all the money, come home, and still expect dinner to be on the table. And it wasn't, obviously, because you ain't put mm-hmm. it there. And so, yeah. you know, he built something without having a father figure to show him how to build it. He built, uh, you know, a legacy, I would call it, out of necessity. Absolutely. Out of complete necessity, right? At nine years old, he, you know, starts working part-time to bring money home so his mom could feed him and his sisters. And then he did that for a couple of years. And, and then at like 11, 12, he was like, all right, I'm done with school. I'm going to just work mm-hmm. full time. And, okay. uh, you know, he was even smoking cigarettes at like 11 years old. And his mama mm-hmm. had to make him, you know, you know, smoke on the porch so people wouldn't talk about her in the, in the city when he'd be, be out working and stuff. So, like, he went from that to, you know, being married with 11 kids, starting a church in his mm-hmm. living room. Yeah, obviously, he started the church before he, he had all the kids, but, you know, starting the church in his living room and, and obviously building it into a, you know, a congregation that had almost a thousand members at one point. And mm-hmm. all of his kids, I think except one, were like avid members of the church, active members of the church, uh, who have, you know, I'm a product of that. You know, my mm-hmm. father, I, I was able to grow up watching, and, and I hope you, you know, show Kev this part because because my grandfather did what Kev is doing now, I am a byproduct. Like, I'm the, like, not even your son, like, your son's son. Yep. Can, can have, Great marriage, you know, raising kids in the glory and admiration of God. And now my kids have a chance to grow and do the same. Like my grandfather's decision will touch four or five generations if we all, you know, do our job. And it starts with one person. And for and for your family, that one person is coming. So yeah. that's, that's the hardest. That's the person with the hardest job. Yeah. Oh, it's, yes. 100%. You know what I'm That's the part. Like, I have no excuse. My dad had no excuse. Mm-hmm. I have no excuse. My dad had no excuse. My grandfather, Kevin, both of those, and Kevin, they had every excuse in the world. Mm-hmm. But they decided wow. to they decided to do something different, to build something. So when your boys and your daughter look at him, they should see something greater than the average man. Because that's Absolutely. not that's not something that's easy to do. Me, yeah, I can say good stuff. I can, you know, I can quote you scriptures, but I should be able to. I was spoiled, you know what I mean. <laughs> I was I was born into gospel. Are you kidding me? Yes, come on, like my, yeah. I, like I, I watched my grandfather treat my grandmother good. I watched my father treat my mother good. I watched all my uncles on both sides. You know what I'm saying? Yes. I, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I've, I've got to see so many great men before me. I have no excuse. It's yeah. easy. Yeah, it's just easy. You know what I do? Mm-hmm. What, what I used to do with, with early in, mar- in my marriage? 
I get frustrated or something, and I get in my head about something, I just pick up the phone. I got an uncle that's married mm-hmm. to Rita's sister. Yes. We used to sit down and talk to them, and every issue that we've ever had, they had the same issue because they come, we come from the same households. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Kevin got that. Yeah. Y'all had to build that. You know what I'm saying? Yes. That means that God gave y'all a special dose of grace. He gave y'all special mercy when he brought that together. And that's something that y'all can hang your head on. And people should be very, very proud to be a part of y'all lineage. Because I'm proud of my grandfather because I know yes. what he had to do. But you know, your grandkids are going to want to know those stories. You know, like, how did you end up coming to God again? <laughs> Tell me one yeah, more come time. On. Come on.